when you're communicating to people who have the potential to pull out their phone and buy you in that moment. I think you want your awareness driving messaging to be so compelling that it elicits an immediate response. Welcome to Marketing Conversations with Lamp House Films, the show where we bring you direct access to tips and insights from today's marketing thought leaders. I'm your host, Josh Henry. Today on the show, I'm talking to Lorna from Function of Beauty, the revolutionary hair and skincare company that is 100% customizable to you. In our conversation, we talk about the balance of awareness and conversion in their advertising, as well as the way that they put their customer reviews to better use than anybody I've ever seen. It's a great conversation. You're not gonna wanna miss it. Before we jump into that, just wanna remind you guys, if you haven't yet, use the link in our description to sign up for our bonus content. It's 100% free. We post bonus content every week, including extended interviews with our guests. Now, my conversation with Lorna. Because you have this amazing situation where you're able to put any message out into the world and understand really, really quickly if people are resonating with that or not. Um, I think it was the biggest biggest adjustment for me as someone who grew up in very strategic marketing organizations. You know, I was at Unilever, I was at Coca-Cola, where you work, you do all this research, you uh, kind of make your hypothesis as to what's going to work best. You develop that over months with agencies, you put it out into the world and it lives for a year and then you do some sort of after action review. Whereas, you know, when I got into DTC, you work on it pretty quickly based on everything you're hearing from customers in real time. You put it in the world and within a couple hours, you can be like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> and you need to move on to the next thing. And so um, it's kind of unavoidable that you get instant immediate feedback for better or worse. When you say we're getting feedback, we're iterating, um, is that literally like just noticing, oh, wow, people stop watching this five seconds in? We engage with our customers all the time from an email perspective primarily. So we're looking at what subject lines, you know, encourage them to open the email. How much did they read? Did they click on it? Did they ultimately go through and transact and using all of those comparing and contrasting emails that are very copy heavy versus visually heavy uh, emails that have got visuals of humans in them versus product shots? Like how do all of those different variables impact how something can uh, perform? And we can obviously do that on our paid side as well. So that's how we manage our existing customer relationships. But when we're looking to go out and acquire new customers, we can test lots of different audiences. We can test lots of different messages in creative and again, see relatively quickly how those are responded to. And I think what's exciting is you take all of those different inputs that you get through those more direct means and then how do you apply them to environments that are more traditional historically. So we are on TV at the moment and the way that we developed our TV creative is we looked at what was our highest performing digital video and how do we take that and use that to inform how we go about producing TV content. And then we're able to, again, because we're a website, look to see how, you know, how many visitors are coming to our website immediately within the windows after we've executed a TV spot. And so we can see, you know, that version of TV creative is driving more people to the website immediately than the other version of the creative. So again, you take those kind of digital media learnings and you apply them into all these different avenues that historically just wasn't thought about that way. Yeah, that's fascinating. I've not heard of anybody else who is applying those. I mean, the, that feedback loop is very native to digital, but I've not heard people talking about applying that on a TV side. Are you, are you finding that the same things that work digitally work on TV or is it a very different value set? We're actually saying seeing the same things. So, no um, kidding. That's very surprising to me. And I'm sure there would be exceptions to the rule as, as there always are, but um, that's been the case for us so far. Uh, it'll be interesting to see as our brand grows in awareness and, and evolves over time, if that holds true, 
think the position that we're in right now is that our biggest opportunity is to increase brand awareness. We are still relatively small, as you think about the whole landscape landscape of hair care and in, in the world, but in the US specifically. Um, and so most of our messaging right now is really introducing the brand to people for the first time. Once we get to that kind of threshold of awareness and we have to build deeper relationships, it'll be interesting to see how the role of different channels change. So in, the, in those brand awareness spots, how are you balancing, because um, this, is, this is something that we think about a ton as we're producing commercials for people. How are, how are you balancing the brand awareness side with asking for the sale. Are you doing that in the same spot most of the time or are you doing those in different spots? Yeah, it's interesting because even um, when you made that statement, they are driving brand awareness, but I think the beauty of, of the world today when you are a digital company and people are carrying around essentially a computer in their pocket, there's no lag, right? So you can go to awareness to conversion in minutes and that's what we're focused on candidly. I think it's really different in a world where you're selling in retail, where you have to get a certain amount of frequency so that people remember you so that you're top of mind when they walk into the store and they go oh yeah i saw something about that and then they pick you up when you're communicating to people who have the potential to pull out their phone and buy you in that moment i think you want your awareness driving messaging to be so compelling that it elicits an immediate response and so that's definitely what we're trying to do so everything that we execute is is primarily measured based on immediate response so how are do you have any um, insights or practical like thoughts on how you're able to balance those things? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think at the end of the day, I believe all marketing should be driving the business on, on some time horizon. And like I said, if you're, if you're selling in retail and you know that people's purchase cycles are longer, then yes, you will be measuring over a slightly longer period. But then candidly, instead of three days, maybe it's three months, but it's not infinite. You know, I don't think I would, I would maybe call BS on any marketing team that was like, we're just investing for the greater good of the brand because ultimately it needs to pay off at some point. Um, uh, you know, we're not out here solving world peace. Like we're all marketers, we're not artists. Um, and so I, I think that that's the thing that's interesting. You know, I think even within the DTC companies, there are extremes. So I'm selling hair care, which people buy relatively frequently. If I was selling Casper mattresses that people buy every eight years, then obviously I would have a different marketing strategy. So I would probably still be wanting to be more focused and targeted on those people who are likely to transact within the next few months. I think it might be um, difficult to really think about marketing to people who are only gonna make a transaction in eight years from now, but uh, you would be thinking about a slightly different time horizon if the purchase cycle is that much longer. So how much of your time and energy is retention versus new customer acquisition it's funny you ask because it's starting to shift um you know we're five six years old almost and so much of the early years is really about new customer acquisition and that's you know the single-minded focus and we are now at a at a size and scale as a business where we have um almost as many of our sales on a monthly basis coming from our existing customers as there are from new oh customers, interesting great which is a really exciting place to be because obviously once you've acquired a customer and they're loyal to you and they're retained from a marketing efficiencies perspective, it's, it becomes really great um, for the business. So we are now really thinking about how can we you know, just maximize the happiness and satisfaction of those customers? How do we make sure that we retain them for as long as possible? How do we make them advocates to go and refer their friends and help us with that new customer acquisition? Yeah, I, I ask because you mentioned emails. Is that, I imagine emails, especially because of your like the questionnaire, questionnaire that's on your site, I imagine emails is probably a big part of the a big part of the game. 
For sure. I think email for, for, again, any direct business where people are giving you their email address, they're inviting you into their inbox. Um, that's a big part of the role. I always remember, however, Jeff Rader, who was my boss at Harry, saying that having someone's email address is a privilege. Like you have to be really thoughtful about when you email customers and when you don't, because every email that you send could elicit an unsubscribe. And then you've lost that opportunity to converse with them in the future. So it is one that is critical, but I would say you also have to really think about carefully too. Yeah, I think people are, especially more and more, it, it, people are, their heads are so full and their inboxes are so full. And so it's like, how are you respecting that? Especially with everything that's happening in the world right now, right? I remember there were some funny memes going around at the beginning of being like, oh, thank goodness I got another brand email telling me that their thoughts are with me during <laughs> yeah. trying time. You know, you have to know know your lane and, and what's appropriate and what's not. Our best performing marketing messages are customer testimonials. Like time and again, you know, we, we try lots of different avenues, but we have, um, I think what's the latest data? We have 58,000 reviews on our website now. Um, I saw that, you post just, all of them. We're completely transparent, so we don't curate those in any way. So there's there's the good, the bad, and the ugly is in there, but luckily 48,000 of those 58,000 are, are five-star reviews. So our average is 4.7, I think. Um, so, you know, we put them all up there. You can search the reviews by your hair type. So if I had curly hair and I want to see what did the other girls with curly hair think about these products, or if I have frizzy hair, what did other people think about these products? I can search and see that. And I think um, when we kind of pull out from those reviews and put that in ads, that is the top performing creative because ultimately that's what people want to hear. Yeah, I I think that is so fascinating. Is that something that you guys have always done? Just yeah. put all your re reviews up there? Yeah, we, um, we, we crush pretty hard on Amazon and they talk a lot about the power of reviews and, and the role that those play for customers. And, and it, it really is, you know, if ultimately someone goes on there and they search for reviews and it, and it helps them make a more informed decision, even ultimately if it, it puts them off buying it, I think it's the right thing to do, right? Because we want to make sure that we're managing expectations as best as possible. And so they're getting all the information they possibly can before they transact with our brand. And ultimately, I think that that's part of what drives to having such good customer satisfaction because they're walking in with their eyes wide open. Yeah. And your ability to filter them is so great. Like I look up restaurant reviews all the time, but I'm a vegetarian. And so it's like 90% of these things don't, it's like, oh, they're whatever. So great. It's like, oh, I can't eat that. And so the notion, I guess it just flows from who you guys are so well to say like, listen, I know that you're not all the same. And so come on here and you can look at reviews of your very specific hair type and we're not going to hide anything from you. And I think we've just got a swath of, of engineers who nerd out on the ability to give people this like level of information. It's you know? sure part, of, part of who we are. <laughs> so one, one thing, one trend that a lot of people have been talking about in advertising is that companies are needing to become more and more transparent. How, how do you feel like authenticity goes hand in hand with listening? Because I feel like that is another thing that is central to your work and central to the work of the organization. I just don't think that you're going to be successful with your authenticity if you're in a vacuum, right? I just think at the core, and this is perhaps my bias as a marketer, I think our number one job as marketers is to listen to the consumer and understand what it is that, what pain point it is that you're solving for them. Um, and then yes, hopefully there is an authentic way that you can solve that pain point for them. But if you're just out there on your own and your own bubble being authentic to yourself, but it's not relevant or resonating with them, then 
then you might get lucky that those two worlds align. But I do think that that becomes luck versus strategy at that point. That might be great art, but it's not necessarily great marketing. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for watching another episode of Marketing Conversations with Lamphouse Films. Lamphouse is a production company that focuses on film-centered marketing campaigns. If you want to chat with us about your next campaign, we would love to hear from you. You can reach me directly, josh at lamphousefilms.com. If you haven't signed up for our bonus content yet, make sure you do that. We post great content there every single week. It's 100% free. We'll be posting an extended interview with Lorna in the coming weeks, so make sure you sign up before then.